The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. Let me take a moment to welcome listeners who are joining us from coast to coast in all 50 states, as well as members of our military and their families who are tuning in over the Internet today. Thank you for your emails and letters and for catapulting the Costa Report to the number one nonpartisan weekly news magazine in the country. In just a moment, New Jersey's 50th governor and former head of the Environmental Protection Agency, Ms. Christine Todd Whitman, will be joining the program to talk about some of the issues newly confirmed administrator of the EPA, Scott Pruitt, will likely face, as well as the future of the EPA. But before Ms. Whitman joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about her background. Christine Todd was born in New York City and was raised in Hunterdon County, New New Jersey. She earned her degree from Wheaton College, after which she wasted no time diving into Nelson Rockefeller's presidential campaign. During the Nixon administration, Whitman worked in the Office of Economic Opportunity under Donald Rumsfeld. Then from 88 to 90, she worked as the president of the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities. In 1993, Whitman founded the Committee for Responsible Government, which later emerged as the Republican Leadership Council, a group which endorsed and encouraged moderate positions within the Republican Party. That same year, she ran for governor of New Jersey and emerged victorious. She became New Jersey's first female governor and was easily elected for a second term. Owing to her landmark work in reducing ground-level ozone and cleaning up water pollution in New Jersey, in 2001, Whitman was appointed by President Bush to head the Environmental Protection Agency. Under her direction, the EPA produced the first detailed account of global warming. Today, Whitman is the president of the Whitman Strategy Group, an environmental and energy consulting company. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report former governor of New Jersey and head of the EPA, Ms. Christine Todd Whitman. Thank you for joining us today, Ms. Whitman. I'm delighted. Good to be with you. Now, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding the confirmation of Trump's nominee for the EPA, much of it stemming from the fact that Scott Pruitt sued the EPA uh, for government overreach 14 times in six years. There's certainly been a lot of new regulations which have hit the books since you were in charge of the EPA. So in your view, does Pruitt have a point? Are there areas where there's been excessive regulation and federal overreach in your view? Well, I don't know about enough about the specifics of the regulations that have been passed, but I certainly think that uh, it's, it, it is worth and fair to have a good, thorough review of the regulations as they stand. Uh, certainly this president, the previous administration, did a lot more through the regulatory channel than through Congress, but part of that was, in fairness to them, they couldn't get things through the Congress because things have been so dysfunctional. Um, and so they did have to do it that route. But every new incoming administration has really the right and the obligation to take a look at things, and they should take a look at regulations and see what makes sense, what they feel really was an overreach that might hurt the economy. But the concern I have is they have taken this approach of, well, for every one regulation, new regulation, you have to get rid of two. And that's not the way you should be doing it. What you should be doing is analyzing them all and seeing what is still needed to protect human health and the environment, because that's what those regulations are about. I've seen some quotes 
from some members of Congress say, well, EPA just did this to hurt business. No, that's not what they do or how they do it. If they're hurting business, uh, that's what sometimes happens in order to protect human health. But most of the businesses have figured out ways to become profitable, and, and you've seen that over the years of implementation of regulations. So it has to be a thoughtful process, not just a, a knee-jerk, we're going to get rid of everything. When these regulations are passed, uh, is there any part of how it's going to affect the economy or how it's going to affect uh, the future of business that comes into consideration, or is the environment the only consideration? Oh, no. Um, in fact, there are within the Clean Air Act, there are portions of it where Congress, when they established the EPA, determined that they have to consider cost-benefit analysis, others where they may consider cost-benefit analysis, and yet there's a third section where they may not consider cost-benefit analysis. That was established by Congress. That's the, those are the governing principles that uh, drive the agency when it does make any kind of a, uh, when it's looking at a regulation. And every regulation also, it's first of all, it's, it's based on, prevention and precaution to protect human health and the environment. It goes through a comment period. It has, it's open that that puts out to the public. You have scientists who are working on it, and then the public has an opportunity to, to comment on it and what it will do for business or not do to business. And then the final determination is made and the regulations get published. And generally then they end up in court if, a, if an industry feels that they have been unfairly uh, singled out or that <clears throat> the standard is impossible to meet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, during these confirmation proceedings, Pruitt answered over a thousand questions. I believe it was a thousand seventy, and he submitted two hundred and fifty-two pages of answers in writing. Just out of curiosity, what was your confirmation like? Well, I don't remember. Um, you know, I definitely had questions after my confirmation hearing, but nothing like that. Um, and, and I was I was unanimously approved, so uh, I had a pretty easy time of it, as it were. Does that feel excessive to you? <laughs> because I mean, 252 pages—that's a book. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it clearly is. I mean, unfortunately, politics is just driving everything, not policy. And it's both sides that are doing it. Um, the Republicans have spent a lot of time hauling people up to the Hill to do testimony, which is time-consuming and expensive to prepare for, takes people away from their other job. The Democrats now are, are trying to stop every appointee. Um, you know, it, it is this mindless gotcha game that they're playing, a tit-for-tat, uh, and it's hurting all of us as far as getting uh, policy done. And frankly, that's why the American people rose up in the last election cycle. They were saying, enough, stop it. Start acting like adults doing what you're supposed to do, which is solve America's problems, not just argue and try to score political points. Yeah, I agree with you. There's, uh, you know, there's uh, uh, guilt on both hands uh, and, and both sides of the aisle. The confirmation of Gina McCarthy, Obama's second nominee for the EPA in 2013, also turned into a partisan battle that dragged out for, I believe, four months. Uh, What is it about the EPA nominees that seems to become really controversial? No one else has had to answer a thousand questions. Well, the environment's easy to hate. (laughs) Let me put it that way. Uh, Environmental regulation is easy to hate, not the environment. Because regulation causes people to change behavior or to spend money on a problem they may not think exists or doesn't affect them. I mean, if a rancher is running his cattle right into the river and they're polluting the river, his water may be fine, but the people downstream are not in such a nice place. And so you tell him, he, okay, you've got you to gotta change the way you, you run this, and he'll look at you and say, who's going to pay for that? I can't afford it. It's not going to help my cattle get fatter to be, bring more to market. So it's, there's always this balance that's got to be struck between what's acceptable to protect human health and the environment and our quality of life, and, and how do you balance that against the needs of people who are being impacted by the regulations. Uh, one thing I will say is that, for instance, when we did, uh, during the Bush administration, when we put on regulations on um, the non-road diesel engines to reduce the uh, the pollution from those engines, which are the yes. backhoes and the tractors and everything. People said, well, it couldn't be done because you're hurting farmers, you're hurting everybody. We sat down with environmentalists and with engine builders and with the EPA people and came up with a regulation that everybody endorsed. And it's cut the pollution from those engines by 95%. But I can remember during that process being hauled up to the hill a couple of times to be told that I was just going to kill an entire industry. 
And so sometimes the knee-jerk reaction is, no, we can't possibly do this, but if you can find one or two of those who are involved in it who say, we'll give it a try, let's see what really works. That's right. But again, that that required some people to cross party lines, and we certainly don't have that situation today. We have to take our first break, but stay right where you are. We'll be back with more from Christine Todd Whitman. You're listening to The Costa Report. Hi, I'm Joan London. If you're worried about your parent or loved one living alone, like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. Finding an apartment that was on the courtyard with the view of the trees, the view of the ducks, the stream, the creek, all of that, that was what I needed. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. Here's the number. To speak with a local senior living advisor, call A Place for Mom at 800-451-2976. That's 800-451-2976. A Place for Mom is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. To speak with a local senior living advisor, call A Place for Mom at 800-451-2976. That's 800-451-2976. Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. Dole has a bounty of berries ripe for the picking. Fresh berries are not only delicious, but some of the most powerful disease-fighting foods available. Researchers have found that berries have some of the highest antioxidant levels of any fresh fruits. So add a handful or two of your favorite berries to your next meal and enjoy their nutritional benefits and natural sweetness in all of your dishes, from salads to desserts and everything in between. For fresh tips and ideas from Dole's berry experts, visit berries.dole.com. And be sure to check out the pages of mouth-watering recipes. Whether it's a sweet and savory blueberry-cranberry chicken salad or a simple strawberry sorbet, Dole has the perfect berry to inspire your next berrylicious dish. Hi, this is Meg, a manager at the Loman Market, and the weather is starting to cool down. Now is a good time to fire up your crock pot and your Dutch oven and cook up some delicious, hearty comfort food. In the meat department, we have a variety of USDA choice roasts on sale, including tri-tips, Chuck roast, sirloin tip, and cross ribs, and so much more. In the produce department, we have red potatoes, broccoli, tender asparagus, crispy apples, so much more organic as well as conventional fruits and veggies. Come visit us on our website and see what else is on sale throughout the store. That's at benlomanmarket.com. Take a look at our Mill Street Catering Events website. Think about ordering your hams, your turkeys, your prime ribs, platters of appetizers, sandwiches, dips, party plates, whatever you want, we'll be more than happy to get together and make for you. So give us a chance and give us a call. Come see us. Take care of yourself, and I hope to see you soon. This is Meg, a manager at the Loman Market, and I hope to see you soon. So you see, son, good manners are very, very important. Someday, many years from now, when you're a grown-up, you'll be a man. And when you are, you should be a gentleman. Do you want me to go through it one more time? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open for ladies. If a door's shut, then knock first. Don't burp, don't swear, don't speak with your mouth full, don't reach across people's plates, keep your elbows off the table. What table? And don't interrupt. While we're at it, don't stare, don't use foul language, don't call people names, but do remember people's names. Always share your toys, play nice, and cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze. On the bus, give up your seat to anyone who has trouble standing. Bottom line, treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Miles, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is former governor of New Jersey, Miss Christine Todd Whitman. 
And before the break, we were talking about some of the bipartisan initiatives she was responsible for when she headed up the EPA under President George W. Bush. Now, climate change is certainly something the new head of the EPA, Scott Pruitt, is going to have to deal with. And since the Paris Agreement was not a treaty, but it was uh, executed as an executive order. Technically, as I understand it, Mr. Trump does not need permission to withdraw from this agreement. Is that your understanding? That's my understanding, yes. They they doesn't have to. And he, clearly that's what he's going to do. Um, so it's, uh, you know, that's up to him. Well, we what, are the, what are the repercussions? You know, just to, like frame it up for... Uh, for me and the average person on the street, what's the repercussion of withdrawing from that Paris Agreement? Well, we're giving up any leadership role that we might have in the world, especially on this issue, which the rest of the world takes very seriously. Um, we are not going to be party to what goes on in the future, and yet pollution migrates. So we do and should care about what's going on in, in China and India and other countries, but we're not going to have a, a place at the table or, or a voice. We're going to continue to do things because, frankly, a lot of our manufacturing and businesses are already, they, they feel this is an important issue and they've made commitments to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions and their water consumptions. It's good for business. It saves them money and it gives them a competitive advantage. So we're already moving on that in, in voluntary ways that are going to continue to happen. But uh, I believe over time, the American public is going to want to see some more proactive action taken because... People see what's going on around us. Uh, They see the ever-increasing frequency and severity of storms. And while no credible scientist will say any one particular storm, drought, flood is due to climate change, this is exactly what they say you can expect from climate change. And when you see what's happening with sea level rise in Alaska, which is really the canary in the coal mine for us, it tells you that we better pay attention and figure out how we're going to deal with what's happening. Now, along the lines of burning coal and oil, Pruitt has said that he does believe in climate change and the fact that human activity is impacting the change. He has made those statements. But where he he sort of parts way with the environmentalists is that he does not believe human activity is the cause of the climate change. But he's not denying that it impacts climate change. So uh, rather than just, you know, paint him as the antichrist of the environment, isn't that a place we could start working together? (laughs) If if you say you believe it impacts it, I mean, isn't that kind of a foothold? Right. No, I I, I agree with you because that's what I say. Look, the the climate's been changing on the earth since the earth was formed. There was an ice age and we weren't around to mess that up and that went away. But it is very clear from everything that everything that you can see and all the scientific work that human activity is now exacerbating a natural trend to the point where nature can no longer absorb the carbon that we're putting out in the way that it used to. And that is resulting in the kind of changes that are creating weather pattern changes and sea level rise that is having a huge impact on, on us. The best we can do, we're not going to stop it because it's a naturally occurring phenomena, but we can slow it. And to slow it to a point where we could start to grapple with, okay, what do we do? How do we rebuild our cities? How do we, what, what, what do we do as far as a route to withstand a, a severe drought or a, or a big uh, tornado? I mean, it, there, there are things that we can do to help mitigate the cost to society of the climate changes. There was a report put out by the Regional Plan Association in New York and New Jersey, which is not a wild-eyed environmental group at all, that says that you could see a sea level rise along the east coast there of five feet by 2050. That's not that far away. Mm -hmm. And when you think about a sea level rise of five feet, every time you get a nor'easter, that's going to blow that water in even further. And I can remember when Sandy came and my husband had said before the storm, well, you know, it doesn't flood New York. It's never flooded in New York. It's not going to, the subways aren't going to be affected. Well, guess what? They were and they are, and it cost us a lot. And so we need to be better prepared and do what we can to to try to reduce our impact on the climate and try to reduce and give us some time to adjust to what we have to deal with. Well, I certainly certainly, uh, felt like it was, reasonable for Pruitt to say, yes, there's an impact, 
but I don't think it's causal. And uh, I think there are a lot of scientists that would agree with that and agree with what you just said, which is there's no question that human activity is contributing. You know, the big debate seems to be uh, how much is it contributing. But when it comes to something like the environment, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know, maybe I'm old school, but better safe than sorry comes to mind. It certainly does. I mean, for the for the most recent year for which we have full data, which is 2013, we know that in this country alone, in the United States alone, 91,000 people died from dirty airborne-related diseases, asthma, emphysema, heart attacks, lung cancer. Dirty air is not what we want. Whether you believe in climate change or not, we should be trying to reduce our carbon emissions, our mercury emissions, because those are bad things and they lead to bad health outcomes. So just for the sake of the health of our country and our people, we should be looking at these issues and saying, we've got to take this seriously. If it happens to help with climate, that's great. If you don't want to get into that argument of, is climate change real and and are we doing it, um, then look at it from a health aspect, because that is undeniable. That's right. It, it, it may simply be a human health issue, even if you take the entire climate change uh, argument out of it. You don't want to have dirty air, dirty water. Uh, and, uh, and you know, in places like Africa, I mean, we haven't even talked about water. Eighty percent of the fa- fatalities are from, uh, you know, bacteria uh, in, infused water. So, right. uh, yeah, so you, you have a major health crisis if you don't keep basic things like the air and the water clean. Now, you've worked, I said earlier, you've worked in a bipartisan atmosphere on the Hill before. What can Pruitt do to solicit the cooperation of Democrats and uh, and also experts that are currently working in the EPA? Well, I think the first thing is he's got to reassure people that he is not um, anti-science, that he, that he really does, he's going to treat science as a critical part of EPA decision-making, and he's going to respect the scientists. The messages that they've been getting to date have not been supportive of science, and yet science is behind everything that's done. Now, you can argue with science, and they're always, they're finding new things all the time, which makes it uh, easier to try to pick out little bits and say, aha, see, they don't know what they're doing. That's not necessarily the case. It's more that they are constantly finding new things to be more protective or things that say, no, this really isn't a problem for human health, not the problem we thought it was. So he's got to convince who are not all a bunch of wild-eyed tree huggers who hate any kind of economic gain. That's not where they are. There are people who are dedicated to protecting human health and the environment. They'll do it whichever way you want to do it as long as they're convinced you're really trying to protect human health and the environment. And so he's got to convince them of that, which will help with the Hill, because believe me, they have, they have ways of, of talking and, and getting information out and up to the hill. So it's something that uh, he, he needs to start there, and he needs to be supportive of science. Well, I'm glad you brought up the fact that science typically is imperfect and has to be perfected over a long period of time, but that certainly doesn't mean it's agendized. You know, every time it's uh, perfected doesn't mean that somebody had uh, something else in mind. Now, we have to take another scheduled break, but stay tuned. You're listening to the Costa Report. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven, gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. 800-962-6969. 800 that fits your Santa Cruz lifestyle. That's why Dignity Health Dominican Hospital and Dignity Health Medical Group Dominican 
work with you to make personal choices regarding your health. It's the type of care we can offer because we're more than just a hospital and medical group. We're part of this community. Visit DominicanHospital.org to find a doctor and start living healthy today. Healthcare that fits your Santa Cruz lifestyle. Dignity Health. Hello, human kindness. Hi, Registered Pharmacist Ben Fuchs here. I've been studying healthy bodies for 35 years, and what I've got to tell you may shock and surprise you, but if you listen up, it may change your life. Drug companies are always looking for new ways to push their products. In the case of statins, the anti-cholesterol cardiovascular medication so beloved by drug companies and doctors who liberally dispense them to the tune of $30 billion annually, the search has been on to take advantage of their toxic effects as a novel way to kill cancer cells. So it came as no surprise when researchers at the University of Pittsburgh concluded that cholesterol-lowering statin drugs may be able to mitigate the metastases or spreading of various cancerous tumors. The discovery is being explored as a way of creating new cancer treatments based on the mechanism of action of the statins, namely their ability to stop cells from making cholesterol. What these researchers are saying is that statin drugs not only poison cholesterol-making processes taking place inside of cells, they ultimately poison the cells themselves. In this case, their ability to get around. In other words, the scientists are basically concluding that statin drugs are cytotoxic or toxic to cells. True, the studied effects were chemotherapy. They were demonstrated on cells that were cancerous. But because all cells need cholesterol, it's somewhat obvious that the same kind of toxicity will occur in healthy ones, too. So if you're concerned about cancer and metastases, one day you may have to take a statin drug. But if you're not sick and want to stay that way, and if you value the health of your cells, you might want to think twice about whether you really want to take that cytotoxic statin. Your cells will be grateful. Pharmacist Ben here, urging you to go to kscohealth.com to order Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the Healthy Start Pack, and other nutritional supplements that I personally use and recommend. You can purchase these premium quality products at wholesale prices online at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. I'm a pharmacist that believes that staying healthy and strong is not only about medicine. It's about giving your body the raw materials it needs to do its work. Go to kscohealth.com. Make sure you check out the cool videos too at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. I'm Rob Watson from out in Santa Cruz. Join me Saturdays at 7 p.m. as I bring you the breaking LGBTQ happenings locally and from around the globe. The powerful, the talented, and the newsmakers join me in exclusive interviews. I bring you fun, fabulousness, and I don't shy away from controversy. Join me as I take you over the equality rainbow, right here, out in Santa Cruz, Saturdays at 7. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is Christine Todd Whitman. When it comes to the science behind climate change, environmentalists have a really interesting ally, <laughs> Ivanka Trump. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, she's someone who believes the science, believes this is an important issue, and, and one that should be addressed by the administration. And I'm hopeful that she can convince them of that as well. Yes, yeah, so you, you've gone public and uh, encouraged Mr. Trump to listen to his daughter. <laughs> yep, I have. <laughs> it's nice if men would listen more to the women in their lives or just to women. I think we might be even an even better place than we are today. <laughs> well, I will tell you, uh, having a daughter and a son myself, every father has a soft spot in his heart for his daughter. That's true. Uh, my husband was the same way with our daughter. There you go. And Ivanka and President Trump recently together met with Al Gore regarding climate change. Did you hear anything about what transpired in that meeting? Nothing except what I read in the press. I didn't hear any background uh, beyond yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that the two of them sat down with Al Gore. Well, she seems to be in on a, on a lot of policy things. Uh, she accompanies her father to a lot of different uh, events and sits in on different meetings. I think she was sitting in with Prime Minister Abe when uh, he visited with the president. So uh, she's clearly an important part of his inner circle and someone to whom he does listen. Yes, and and, uh, she is very much uh, uh, knowledgeable about the science uh, behind uh, the the climate change studies. Now, you've pointed out earlier that 
there's a human health side of climate change and that all EPA regulations are required to examine the economic impact of business uh, before they... No, 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 not all of them. That's that's one of the things that I, I can never figure out in my mind how Congress determined this way back when in 1970. Sometimes mm. they must with the Clean Air Act, sometimes they may, and yet there's a third category where they may not consider cost-benefit analysis. The assumption really? being that, that, that the, the impact on human health is so clear that cost-benefit goes out the window because it's more important to save lives. I and see. So it, that's... Is that something that uh, you feel is, is used too much, or is that used very rarely? Well, it's actually, it, you don't have a choice. It's written into the law that established the agency. So it's depending on what category your particular thing that you're looking at falls into, it's it's governed by one of those three areas. I mean, we always tried to consider cost-benefit analysis. And what was interesting, too, and I'll share this with you, when we finally came to an agreement on cleaning up the Hudson River, Mm-hmm. Uh, they had modeled science. Had, scientists had modeled uh, the best way they thought to get the, those heavy metals out of the river, and we'd gotten GE to get on board with it, and they were going to pay, and it was going to we were going to work it out. And but what I said was, I want after, and I can't remember the time period we put what I put on, whether it's six weeks, six months, or whatever. I said I want us to stop and take a look and make sure it's working the way we think it's going to work. And the environmentalists got very upset with that because they thought I was just trying to give GE a way out. But as it turned out, we did stop and look at it, and it wasn't helping the river. It was releasing more pollutants, so they had to go back to the drawing boards and come up with a different way of doing it, which they've now done. So you have to understand that we're learning. All the time we're learning. And sometimes it's not because the people at the agency want to hurt a company or want to get it. It's just this is what computational models look like, and this is how they think is the best way to do it. But you've got to, I'm all for taking time and, and going back and checking as long as that's all you're doing and you're being honest about that. Right. Well, you know, models are accurate, but they can also be wrong. And there's nothing like empirical data uh, to prove them right or wrong. So it does behoove us to go back and make sure our assumptions were correct. And sometimes they are not correct. And uh, in which case we have the opportunity to uh, perfect our solutions a little bit better. Let's talk about the e- economic impact of uh, climate change. It's likely to affect American fishing towns in the same way that uh, closing down um, coal affected coal mining towns. Um, you can't catch lobsters in Long Island Sound anymore, and in fact, many fish are migrating northward and uh, and causing a huge uh, problem for the fishing industry. Uh, what do we? What plan do we have for dealing with that eventuality? Well, we we don't really have one at this point, which is why it's so important that the agency be allowed to do its job and do its work and and work on these kinds of things and. You pointed out that we're losing shellfish beds, let's say, and and lobsters, and the fish are migrating up. Well, this is a perfect example of why you have to have a federal presence that watches those things, because the pollutions, let's just take the Chesapeake Bay, where you're losing a lot of the shellfish beds. The states that that contribute to that tried to work on the solution, but they couldn't come to one where they all agreed. And so it took the, the EPA to step in and work with them and push them and and get an agreement out because Mother Nature doesn't care about geopolitical boundaries. Pollution migrates. It cannot be done simply on a state-by-state basis. There are times when you have to have the overriding um, look from the federal perspective, the, the, the deeper dive and the broader look to actually affect the kind of change you want. Mm-hmm. Now, before we run out of time, where can listeners go today to read your blog and also get more information about the Whitman Strategy Group's work? Well, WhitmanStrategyGroup.com is the place to go, mm-hmm. and uh, we have things up there about what we have done and the kind of work we're doing. And you know, we obviously we answer questions when people uh, when people email and and uh, reach out to us. Absolutely. It's a great site, and uh, it's also where you post your opinion pieces and blog. Right. Uh, yep. Appreciate that you make that available to the public. We are almost out of time, so let me thank you for your continuing work on the environment, and we hope you'll come back and see us again soon. Thank you, Ms. Whitman. Well, a pleasure. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Now, before we take our normally scheduled break, let me ask you a question. Are you hiring? And if you are, 
Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? These days, posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you're serious about finding that perfect hire, here's a simple, inexpensive, and fast way you can post your job openings on all of the top job sites at one time. ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter.com, you post your job description one time to reach more than 200 job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, and you do it all with one click. That's it. You post once, and in the blink of an eye, you're up and running on more than 200 sites. ZipRecruiter gives you access to candidates in any city, any industry, anywhere. Whether you're searching for an administrative assistant, an engineer, nurse, a top-notch salesperson, just post your job opening one time and watch qualified candidates come pouring in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No more juggling emails or calls to your office. No more all-day interviews that waste your time. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, then hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses to hire the best talent. And right now, listeners of the Costa Report can post any job on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash report. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash report. Be sure you get the slash report in there so that you, you, you can post the job for free. One more time to post your job opening once and have it magically appear on over 200 job sites completely free of charge, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash report. No charge to you. And I'll tell you, that's how we get the best talent here at the, at the radio program. It You know, it takes a, yeah, I don't even like to use that term anymore. It takes a village. It takes a team. It takes a collaborative team to put this program out every single week. And I will tell you, we have to search the entire country to find the best people. And we aren't going to go to every single job site and, po- and cut and paste the same job description over and over and over again and then go through piles and piles of potential resumes. You can't imagine how many people want to work on the Costa Report. But we do use ZipRecruiter.com, and I want you to use them too. ZipRecruiter.com slash report. Post your job there, and you will not be disappointed. Now let's take that intermission, and when we come back, I'll tell you what I think about Pruitt and the EPA. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Costa Report. I owed the IRS $10,000. The IRS garnished my wages. They put a lien on my house. The IRS is the most powerful collection agency in the world. They do not give up until you pay. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions Now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions Now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions Now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. Tax Solutions Now can get you help. Our agents know the rules can stop the pain and get you the best deal. We connect you with a team of former IRS agents and tax professionals who will get the IRS off your back. We saved our home and overcame the most powerful collection agency in the world. Call Tax Solutions now. Time is running out. Call 800-987-0577. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, recent winners of the best sparkling wine in the U.S. in the Champagne and Sparkling Wine World Championship. Congratulations, Scott. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. So what is it about your Brut Cuvée that beat all the other competitors around the world? We really focus on creating an expression of the Santa Lucia Highlands and doing it the right way. And when you control the process from the beginning to the end and you have talent like Michelle and top-tier grapes, they really shine through. This was a worldwide competition. It was definitely a humbling experience. We were in a room with producers that have been making wine for over 100, 200 years and was a huge honor to have Tom Stevenson give us the best U.S. Sparkling Wine Award. We fared really well overall. We had three wines win best of class, which was great. 
Visit the Caraccioli Tasting Room on Dolores Street in Carmel by the Sea or find us online at caracciolicellars.com or reach us by phone 831-622-7722. Hi, KSCO listeners. This is Mrs. A from Mrs. A's Famous Salsa Buena. I'm a teacher, mom, and salsa maker. Together, my family makes the best salsa on the market. Mrs. A's Salsa Buena is made fresh several times a week in our new commercial kitchen in Santa Cruz. Our salsas are unique because they're blended over chunky loaded with cilantro and they have no onions. We produce five flavors. You'll find Mrs. A's Salsa Buena in over 200 markets. Hi, I'm Kyle Cox, owner of Blindster.com. At Blindster.com, we've sold over a million custom blinds to satisfied customers across the country. On average, we sell a custom blind every 60 seconds. Wood and faux wood blinds, cellular shades, Roman shades, shutters, and more. All handcrafted and delivered to your door in about two weeks. We also offer a fitter-free guarantee, meaning we guarantee your blinds will fit your windows even if you make a mistake in measuring. If for any reason your blinds do not fit your windows, We'll remake them in a different size, free of charge. All you pay for is the price difference, if any, and shipping. Plus, we have a 60-day satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on most products. At Blindster.com, we don't just want customers, we want customers for life. Visit Blindster.com today and check out our faux wood blinds starting at just $20. And for Rush listeners only, save 30% on any order. Just use the code RUSH at checkout. That's Blindster.com. Blinds, T-E-R, dot com. Blindster.com. Some say GMOs are our friend. Some say GMOs are our foe. But really, it all depends on the principle of substantial equivalency. Is this the future of our food or the doom to our diet? Join Michael Olson Saturday at 9 a.m. as a food chain hosts Professor Allison Van Unenem from the Department of Animal Science at UC Davis and McKay Jenkins, environmental writer and author for conversation about whether GMOs are friend or foe. Saturday, 9 a.m. on the food chain. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, we've been speaking to former head of the EPA under President George W. Bush and former governor of New Jersey, Miss Christine Todd Whitman. And one of the reasons I invited Miss Whitman on the program today is because though she founded the Republican Leadership Council with Michael Steele and Senator Michael Danforth, Whitman has been known to cross party lines when it makes sense. She's a moderate at a time when partisanship has driven all moderates in both parties out of Washington. It is true. Neither party will stand for supporting any initiative the other proposes, confirm any nominee the other puts forth, or consider any argument, no matter how reasonable or fact-based, the other presents. And any effort to look for common ground is seen as fraternizing with the enemy, and labeled an out-and-out betrayal punishable in the next election. So when you don't have moderates who can broker compromise and keep the ball moving down the field, what do you end up with? You get gridlock and dysfunction and a complete lack of progress while our problems continue to grow worse. Well, eventually, a strong leader has to step in and break that gridlock up. They cannot go along because once you try to work within a dysfunctional system, you become part of that dysfunctional system. There's a contagion. And this is why voters and the Electoral College put Donald Trump in charge. Yes, Trump is relying heavily on cabinet picks outside the beltway. Many who have been very controversial, such as his nominee for the EPA, Scott Pruitt. But controversial does not mean Pruitt won't do a good job. Let's not get the two things confused. As, as Attorney General of Oklahoma, Pruitt sued the EPA 14 times in six years for overregulation and federal overreach. He was also known to have received large campaign contributions from the oil and gas industry, which, to, to, to tell you the truth, isn't that uncommon in Oklahoma because that's where the money is. Politicians go to where the money is, and it's in the oil and gas industry in Oklahoma. But but what is slightly unsettling, and which the Senate had every responsibility to question Pruitt about, 
I don't know, a thousand questions was was uh, in line were letters on state letterhead, which Pruitt allowed the oil industry to draft on his behalf. Now, I don't care if you are a staunch Republican or a Democrat. You've got to admit that's a little on the shady side. Whether you support Pruitt or not, you have got to give him credit for answering over a thousand questions in a 252-page written document. And even after that, having the stamina to be subjected to even more questions, and then, and then, this was the icing on the cake, accusations that his answers weren't thorough enough. The fact is, when you work as an attorney general, your record is public. It's all out there, folks. So this idea that anything asked of Pruitt wasn't sufficiently answered in 252 pages feels like stage acting to me. And if it is stage acting, then it is no different than the kind of interrogation Obama's EPA nominee, Gina McCarthy, was subjected to for four months prior to her confirmation. The harassment started in March of 2013, and it stretched on into July. And here is the part that's going to sound eerily familiar At that time, Republican senators claimed McCarthy's answers weren't thorough enough, just like the Democrats are complaining about Pruitt's responses. This is the kind of partisan tit-for-tat and bad behavior Mr. Trump has stepped into on the Hill, the kind of dysfunction that has got to stop. So what should Trump do? Well, first, he's got to get the engine going again, and that means taking drastic measures, evoking temporary bans to buy time, cutting regulations that strangle forward progress, and do what is within the legal purview of the Oval Office. But these are all stopgap measures, folks. It's what he does next, what his administration does next, that will tell the story of Trump's presidency. It's what he does after the temporary immigration ban expires, what he offers to replace Obamacare, what he negotiates in lieu of NAFTA, TPP, the Paris Climate Agreement. History will not judge the Trump presidency on the temporary measures he took to change the tides, no more than an electrician should be judged by his need to cut the power before he goes to work. It is what happens after he turns the power back on that tells the story. And similarly, when it comes to the EPA, we have no way of knowing whether Pruitt simply wants to move the power back to the states out of the hands of the federal government or whether clean air, water and long term sustainability will play second fiddle to business. It seems premature and reactionary to paint Pruitt as the environmental antichrist if his goal, his real goal, is to allow states to forge their own policy. But like I said last week, time will tell. It seems to me we need to give President Trump and his elected, or his his, uh, confirmed cabinet, time to make more permanent and meaningful proposals instead of have a knee-jerk reaction to change. Give the new team time, America. (laughs) That's what they need. They need time, and they're buying time with these temporary stopgap measures. Let's not all get... (laughs) Let's not all get stirred up by the temporary measures. It's not what counts. Saying you're going to get rid of Obamacare doesn't matter until you know what you're going to replace it with. The temporary ban on immigration will be done and over in the blink of an eye. And it, and, and what matters is what it is replaced with. So let's keep our eye on what really matters and what will define the presidency under Donald Trump. And speaking of time, what are your plans for dinner time tonight? Because if you're hemming and hawing about what to cook for dinner and tired of the same old, same old, here's what you can do. Go to Blue Apron, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. All you do 
is go to blueapron.com, choose the meal you want, and Blue Apron ships all of the fresh ingredients you need to create that meal along with easy step-by-step instructions right to your front door. And here's the best part. All of the ingredients are sourced from 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers who are committed to sustainability and regenerative farming. So not only is your meal fresh and delicious, it's good for the planet, too. And Blue Apron is affordable. They deliver everything to your doorstep for under $10 a person. You tell me where you can enjoy roasted pork with apple walnut and farro salad or crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad or my favorite, cashew chicken stir fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice. You got to try it, folks. I, I Look, I don't want to bias you on your selections, but if you don't try that cashew chicken stir fry, you haven't been to heaven and back. And if that sounds as good to you as it does to me, then listen up, because Blue Apron is extending a special offer to listeners of the Costa Report. But you got to listen up. Three free meals with your first order. And when I say free, I really mean free. Even the shipping is free. You pay nothing for those three meals. Three gourmet meals at no cost to you when you place your order today at blueapron.com slash Costa, C-O-S-T-A. But you have to put the slash Costa in there. A lot of you are emailing me and say, well, the three free meals didn't come up. Blueapron.com slash Costa. Get the slash Costa in there to get the free meals. One more time, blueapron.com slash Costa, C-O-S-T-A. And then take a picture of your meal and send it to me at RebeccaCosta.com. I want to see how your meal tonight turned out. That is all the time that we have for the first hour, but stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.